0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Happy Mother's Day, if you're a mother. um, It's a great day to celebrate the women who brought us into the world, isn't it? And it's just great to be together to affirm those key women in our life. And Mother's Day isn't always an easy day for some of us, but nonetheless, it's just beautiful to be together and to worship God. And so, thank you for the invitation to be here. Um, so, I'm married to Andrew. We've got three beautiful girls, and we live at North Avoca, which you probably know more about me than I realise that you do. But, um, yeah, that's no, good. Well, I don't know about you, but I love holidays. Yeah, anyone love holidays? Yeah. We tend to go to Byron a little bit. Any other frequenters to Byron around? And we were there not so long ago, and we're at a farmer's market. Does anyone love a good farmer's market? Yes. Kindred spirits, that's cool. We're in a farmer's market, and we're kind of wandering around, and I love to people watch. Does anyone else love to watch people? It's kind of fascinating, and I kind of get absorbed. And I was watching this gentleman walk. From the distance in, and he was kind of shuffling along. He was linked arm in arm with this young girl who I believe was probably his daughter. And he's walking along and he's taking his time. He's really intentionally he stops and he talks to each stall holder and he says hello. And then he'll notice a beard, a good beard, and he'll say, Oh my goodness, look at that beard. That's amazing. You take care of that beard. He had quite a fetish. Anyway, as he's walking along, everyone's yelling out, hey, Mr. Beautiful. And he's going, hey, how you going? How you doing, Mr. Beautiful? And he's going, great. And uh, he's, he's quite a quite a charismatic sort of guy. I was quite captivated by this Mr. Beautiful as he sort of mingled around in the crowd. And then as he further got along and he's talking, to, he seemed to know all of the stallholders and everyone knew him. He'd say, hey, we'll see you Saturday. And he'd say, yep, I'll see you Saturday. And i said, say, what do you want us to bring, Mr. Beautiful? And he says, "Ah, oh, just bring flowers. I thought, flowers? There's clearly something going on. And I was really sort of taken in. You know when you're sucked in, you should be buying vegetables and you're sort of looking at what's going on around you. And I said to one of the holders, who is this guy, Mr. Beautiful? And I said, oh, he's just a regular. So uh, what, what's happening Saturday, Saturday? And he said, "Oh, well, Mister Beautiful's been quite ill for a number of years, and he doesn't have long to live. So this Saturday, all his family and friends are gathering, most of the town, really, and we're going to honour him. We're giving him a living wake. And I thought, wow, what a what a beautiful thing." to honor this man. No, let's let's not just wait till a, a funeral to honor him. Let's celebrate his life now. I thought that's just sort of captivated my interest. What a beautiful thing to do. See, I wonder whether we are really good at honoring people and sometimes we just wait till Mother's Day to write a card or a birthday or a farewell speech at work to honor those around us. But are we as a community, good at honouring one another. See, in our, in our culture, the Australian culture, I don't think we're that good at it. We tend to sort of put people down as the highest form of compliment sometimes, isn't it? And I don't know if we're really good at honouring in the way that God desires us to honour one another. You know, sometimes I think we think, oh, they'll get a big head if we, you know, make too much of a fuss about them. Or we just want to keep people humble, don't we? We want to keep them humble. But in this passage we just read, um, that was just read to us, thank you, um, we see this little glimpse into the lives of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And they said, teacher, they said, we want you to do something for us, whatever we ask. And Jesus says, well, what do you want me to do? And they said, oh, well, let one of us sit at your right-hand side, another at the left. And I thought, how often, I don't know about you, but how often do we approach God like that, a bit of a vending machine? Oh, God, can you just do this for me? Can you just look after that for me? And we ask him and we tell him what we want. And that's, you know, it's good to be honest before God, But we can approach him a bit like that. See, Jesus sort of plays along. He knows what's in their heart. And he he says, you know, what do you want? And they were fighting over, you know, who would sit with Jesus. Was it just that they wanted to sit with Jesus? Or was it more that they wanted to be, you know, the left or the right? They wanted this position of honour, this title, this prestige. And Jesus goes on and he says, well, well, fellas, hey, you've got no idea what you're asking. Are you capable of drinking the cup that I drink? Are you capable of that? Do you really know what you're asking? You know, whoever wants to be great must be a servant. And I think this passage is a bit like looking in a mirror. You know, we can be just like the disciples and and." And often we're no different and our own selfish desires can get in the way of things. And at the root of our pride is this kind of this desire to be seen, to be recognised, to want a little bit of honour. If if you're really honest, if I'm really honest, or maybe you're different to me, maybe you just are. But we all have this secret desire. You know, Do you ever listen to your own thoughts? You know, like so Bob notices Mary do something really good and they say, oh, gee, you did a good job, Mary. And in your head you think, oh, gee, I do that all the time. He didn't mention anything about me. <laughs> or maybe you've been working really hard at work and you've been putting in those long hours and those weekend hours and, and, and maybe you're thinking, oh, great, next promotion's mine and someone else gets the promotion and you go, hang on, that's not how it works. I've been doing the long hours. What about me? See, I think if we're honest, sometimes a little, a little bit of you know affirmation, a little bit of honour, never goes astray. We like a few accolades to be noticed. There's something about us that rises to that. And sometimes we can be jealous of those who get ahead of us, who, who get that promotion and... And, and we want the honour, but maybe we don't want the sacrifice. We don't want the hard work. We just want a little bit of recognition. We want to be seen. We want to be promoted. But sometimes we can be so focused on ourselves and our own affirmation and, and getting ahead that we, we, kind of, we kind of miss the people on the sides. We sort of miss seeing them and misaffirming them because we want to, it's all about us. I don't know, I'm just talking for me, really. But Jesus reminds us that kingdom greatness is not about being seen, it's not about the accolades, it's not about the titles, it's about preferring and looking to the needs of others. And often we can just, you know, we can't get past ourselves. So if you're going to talk about honour, I think a really simple definition is just expressing value for others recognizing them, affirming them, just expressing their value. And I was thinking about, you know, Mother's Day and the Ten Commandments, right? We're told to honour our parents, our mums and our dads. And I was looking at the Ten Commandments and I was actually looking at them through the lens of love. I've got them on the screens here. Oh, sorry, through the lens of honour and love. Love's good. Number one, no other gods, only me. See, God's saying, honour me. No idols in place of me. Again, he's saying, honour me. No misuse of my name. Honour my name. Keep the Sabbath holy. God says, honour my day. Number five, honour your father and mother. Honour your parents. No murder. Honour one another's life. Number seven, no adultery. Honour marriage. Number eight, No stealing. Let's honour one another's possessions. Number nine, no lies about your neighbour. Honour one another's character. How often do we do that? You know, gossip. Is that honouring one another's character? Number ten, no coveting. Let's honour what has been given to you by not wanting more. See, how often are we guilty of that, looking around at what everyone else has got do we really? Are we really content with what God has entrusted us with? See, God, break. We break it down here to the first four, is actually all about God, and the rest are about others. And in loving God and loving others, and when we love others, we love God and we honor Him. See, honor is the flavor of God's kingdom. We see it all over Scripture. And his whole law is built on this system of honour. And we firstly called to honour God, to honour his name and honour who he is and his rightful possession, possession, position. Sorry, I sound like a Kiwi, don't I? His position. So we know not to honour God, just not with our lip. But with all that we are, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. We're to honour God with our time, with our wealth, with our possessions, with our bodies. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're to honour God with all that we are, not just lip service on Sundays, to surrender our selfish desires, and in honouring God, we actually, we're actually giving him his rightful place as king. And in honouring God, it actually reminds us about who God is. He's Lord overall. See, often as the created ones, sometimes we're left telling the creator what to do. But in honouring God, we actually give him his rightful place and acknowledge him. And recognize him as Lord and Savior overall. See, Jesus honors his Father. And if we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and he's teaching the disciples to pray, what's the first line in that? Let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come, it goes on, but may your name be kept holy. See, the first thing Jesus teaches us is to honour the Father, to honour his name. And in John 17, Jesus says the words, you know, glorify me that I might glorify you. Jesus' sole aim was to give glory to the Father. And the Trinity is just this beautiful picture of this community of love. And in the Trinity, there is no hierarchy. There's no, there's no one better than the other. There's God the Father, God the Son and the Holy Spirit. And there's this flow of love and respect and each person exists in this secure love relationship. There's no competition. There's no vying for power. See, the Father's not threatened to put his Son on the throne. And the Father gives the Spirit without limit. And Jesus honours the Father. See, we see in the Trinity this whole package of one person honoring the other. And it's in this example that God shows us how we are to relate. He invites us into this relationship with the Trinity, this triune love relationship. And as a picture of how we are to honour one another. See, it's not until we experience the deep love of God and the security of knowing that we are loved, that we can begin to really truly love and see others in the way that God sees them. See, in Philippians 2, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, this is Jesus, and gave him the name that is above every name. See, God could safely do this. He could safely honour his son because he's not threatened by giving Jesus the highest place, the name above all names. He's not threatened. He loves his son and it's his delight to give him that place. See, honour is a flavour of the kingdom. It's a flavour of the Trinity. It's the foundation of who God is. And we see this picture when Jesus walked the earth and he's hanging on the cross and he honours his mother. It's a beautiful picture. If we go to John 19, there's just a few verses. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. This beautiful little scene and we notice there's Mary, his mom. There's his sister. I'm sorry, Mary's sister, who we know to be Salome, And she was the mother of James and John. Remember the passage we were just reading earlier? And then there's Mary, uh, the wife of Clopaz. Gosh, everyone was called Mary, right? If you, <laughs> if in doubt, go with Mary. And then there's Mary Magdalene. And she was the first one to get to the tomb. Do you remember that? We just had Easter. and And, and then there's John. And, and a lot of the disciples are cleared off. And we just get this little scene. And Jesus says, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. See, Mary was with Jesus right up until the end and she'd watched the whole thing. And here he is hanging on the cross and she'd loved him only as a mother could love her son. And she saw his pain, she saw his abandonment, she saw his rejection. Gosh, what would it do to a mother's heart? But she saw him. But then... Jesus takes his eyes off himself and his suffering and he sees Mary. He says he saw his mother there. And he saw her pain and, and he saw her abandonment, this sense that she would be without a son. And he reaches out to her in that moment. What a beautiful moment. And this incredible selflessness of Jesus to see his mother in his final moments of pain. And he realises that Mary feels this sense of abandonment, of having no one to provide for her. So he says, here, here is your son, John. He will take care of you. Jesus takes care of his mother in his final hours of need. And Mary felt fully seen by her son. I really believe that's. The picture that we see. And honouring is to take our eyes off ourselves and to really see another. To really see another. See, often we can just be so focused on our own insecurities that, that we pull other people to pieces. <sighs> and we can focus on their negatives, but to really see them in the way that God sees them. And to be secure in, in who we are in God and to be able to really see others in the way that he sees and that is a beautiful thing. That is the way that we can honour them. See, it's really hard to love another warts and all unless we have felt the love of the one who loves us warts and all. But God loves us warts and all. He sees us. He knows what's going on. I remember a few years ago, um, I felt like I had really let God down in a situation. You know when you feel like, "Oh, dang! I could have done that better." I <laughs> don't know if you've ever felt that. Felt you know when you're hard on yourself and you just you go over it again and go, oh, "Gosh, I could have done that better." And I felt in a really dark spot. And I can remember praying and just saying, God, I just don't know what to do. I'm so sorry. I can't fix this, but you can. And I just had this picture, and I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but I felt like I was sitting in a dark corner, and I just saw myself sitting in this little dark corner all alone. And I just, it felt dark. And I remember in that moment looking at myself (laughs) in this dark corner, and then I noticed that just next to me, Jesus was sitting next to me in that place. And I remember looking at him and, and just amazed that he would sit with me in this dark corner. And then he said these words to me, "Carol, you are not made, sorry, you were not made to sit in dark corners." And in that space, I felt fully seen. God sees me in my shame. He sees me in my embarrassment, my rejection, my anxiety, my fears, my worries, and whatever situation. God not only sees me, Jesus not only sees me, but he's prepared to sit with me in that. But he's not content to let us sit there. He might let us sit there for a bit, but not dwell there. But he invites us to step out of that dark corner. And to do life with him. And he wants to lift our head up. He wants to honour us and lift us out of that. See, that's the picture of a God who loves us, who, who sees us and knows us. And it's a powerful picture. And the reason honour is so powerful in our world is because, you know, people love to feel seen and valued. And as we begin to honor people and really see them for who they are and begin to honor them and love them, it changes them. See, I don't know about you. I, I love to practice, you know, when you're at, I'm at Erin Affair or Chatswood or wherever you like to shop and you see people wiping down the tables. You say, Oh, thanks so much. You're doing a good job, mate. Thank you. Really appreciate what you're doing. To See people in those places that you know, not everyone puts their hand up for, and just to affirm them and say thank you. Or you see the guys pushing the shopping trolleys and just say, thanks, mate, you're doing a great job, appreciate what you're doing. Just to see people. I don't know if you've ever practiced that, but do you really notice things when you do? See, in that moment, that picture that we were talking about before at the cross, Jesus says to Mary, woman, and he calls her woman. I think that's a really funny thing to, you know, your last words to be called woman. But in that moment, I think what Jesus is saying, he's saying, don't look to me as your son, look to me as your Lord. See, Mary's no different to any one of us. She didn't have any special privileges as Jesus' mother but she, needs Jesus. she needed Jesus as her Lord, just as we do. And, and it's like, as Lord, he can help her beyond her grief. He's not just son, but as Lord, he can be there for Mary. And that she too will need to place her trust in him as her, as her Lord and Saviour. Because Jesus is the only one who can offer us life and hope. And if that's the case for Mary, then how much more is that for us? See, 1 Samuel says, but I will honour those who honour me. God says, I will honour those who honour me. What a beautiful thing that God honours us when we honour him. And when we see others and when we honour others, we're actually honouring God. the other thing about honour is that we can't have honour without love and respect. And that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard. But you take love and respect out of the equation and we don't have a relationship with honour. Sorry, we can't have a relationship without honour, without love and respect. But it's not always easy. You know, I feel incredibly blessed. I grew up on a farm and um, one of five kids and um, I had a great role model as a mum. Um, Andrew's mum, she came from Italy in the 60s and came out here with nothing, no family. And, and she was a great example of just loved well, sacrificially, would do anything for anyone. But in my life, um, growing up at a farm, I lived in South Australia on a wheat and sheep farm. And uh, my dad was an agricultural pilot, you know, a crop duster as well. And so he used to fly under power lines. And when I was a baby, I think I was a toddler, um, my dad was a bit accident prone. (laughs) He, um, instead of flying under the power line, he managed to he didn't realise it was there and he clipped it with the wheel and the the plane flipped over. Fortunately, he survived, but he ended up in in intensive care and had a brain injury. And when he came home after many months of rehabilitation, it changed his personality and he was quite different from the man that my mum married. So, you know, growing up, that's all I knew of who he was, but it often meant that sometimes he didn't make the best decisions. And my mum had incredible faith. You know, she would we'd be praying for rain, as every farmer does, and we lived through many droughts. And she was just a woman of faith. I'd always see her praying on her knees. And she was just my greatest inspiration. And, you know, it was really easy to love and respect her, but sometimes my dad would do things, and I'd think, oh, gosh. It took a lot of um, praying, and God, just show me, help me to love him and honour him in the way that I'm called to as a daughter. I knew that he loved me, but sometimes it's hard, isn't it, to love and respect, and sometimes we need God's help. Just, God, give me your lens of love for this person. Help me to love and respect them well and to honour them. And, God, we we just need his help from time to time. See, I don't know if you've seen this picture. I'm going to put it on the screen of the arches. Did anyone, has anyone seen this? Yeah? No? <laughs> Do you know what it is? <laughs> the old arches upside down, Mac- Maccas. And last year, actually, in America, it was International Women's Day, March the 8th, and a number of McDonald's through the States did this. They flipped their M's to make W's, W's. For women. And I thought what a beautiful thing out of respect and honouring women. And I thought that's really clever. And you can't sort of unsee that, right? You know what it is, but just sort of looks a bit wrong. (laughs) And I thought, what a what a beautiful idea. See imagine if we really started to love people the way God sees them. Imagine if we really started to honor people the way God honours people. I reckon it would turn our world upside down, wouldn't it? People would notice. What's that? Oh, that's a bit upside down. That's the kingdom way. It's the way God invites us to love. And it will look different and people will kind of go, oh, 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 gosh, didn't expect that. But I reckon it would take our world by storm. So may honour be the last great act To shock the world, the world that you're in. Practice in small ways. Let's be a loving community, a community that honours well and a community that loves well. So let's not, let's honour those in our world who need honouring. It might be parents, it might be our bosses, it might be honouring our Sabbaths, honouring God's day people placed around us, today let's honour our mums well. Let's affirm them, place value upon them, past and present. Let's just remember them. Remember that, see them in the way that God sees them. Lift them up, encourage them and affirm them and express the way that they've touched your life and give honour where honour is due. Let me pray. Would you close your eyes and pray with me? Father God, we just thank you so much. And Jesus, we thank you for the way that you came into our world. And we thank you that honour is the flavour of your kingdom. And God, we just see this all through Scripture and the way that you honoured your son and your son honoured you and you gave your spirit without limit. And God, we acknowledge that you call us to honour you. And that's our desire today to honour you and love you with all our heart, with all our soul, our mind and our strength. God, we honour your name and all that you are as creator, as maker, the sovereign one. We declare your glory and acknowledge that you are above all and over all. And so, Father, thank you that you see us. You see our brokenness, and yet you still love us. And may it be from this deep security of being seen and valued and loved by you that we honour others. But God, if we're honest, sometimes it's just not easy. And and just please forgive us for the way that we've loved badly and show us how to honour well. Help us to let go of our pride, our stubbornness, to lay down our selfishness, our inbuilt desires, just to be seen and recognised. And God, to receive your affirmation, that the awareness of your deep love for us would be greater than our own insecurities, and that we would love from the deepest place, as your love fills us, that it would overflow into the lives of others and we would love and honour others, especially our mums from this place. So God, thanks for mums, past and present, the gift that they are to our world. And today we affirm them, we remember them, we value and we honour them. In Jesus' name, amen.